0: This week on three questions by Corey Kareem.
1: Discipline and determination. And I know that sounds boring. Mm. (laughs) But it's boring that makes you a millionaire.
0: Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, the podcast where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things. And that's right. You guessed it. We asked them three questions, sometimes four, sometimes five. Today it will be more like six or seven. I know, I know, I know. But rather than talk about their wins and successes. Talk about their failures, more specifically, the lessons that they learn from those individual experiences. So, with that being said, my guest today is a media broker and digital marketing authority figure responsible for leading hundreds of social media deals between Black female influencers and major brands. Her company, Black Girl Digital, specializes in messaging and content for the Black female. Audience, working with brands like VH1, BET, MTV, and Sephora, to name a few. She's a businesswoman, a digital marketing expert, a speaker, a business and social media coach, and a true corporate mom for newer. Without further ado, Latoya Chambeau, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Every time I hear someone get into <laughs> me, I get so excited. Like That's so nice.
0: <laughs> you know what's so funny about that? Every time I have a guest on my podcast, one or two things come up when they hear you know their resume being rhymed off. They're like either A, oh, is he talking about me? That's right. me? Or B, they're like, yeah, that's right. I did all that. Or sometimes it's a combination of the two. So it does sound a little bit weird, but you've definitely accomplished a lot and, and with that being said I know Latoya I just kind of gave you you know uh, kind of a lightweight intro so for my audience for my listeners that are not familiar with you that are being introduced to you to the for the first time excuse me why don't you tell them a little bit more about who you are what you do and even a little bit about your inspo like how you how you got into this particular field
1: yeah absolutely so um I'm Latoya Shambo and the founder and CEO of Black Girl Digital and at Black Girl Digital, we broker brand partnerships between Fortune 500 companies and Black and diverse creators at scale. So that means we're working on campaigns from start to finish with 5, 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 creators at a time. And we specifically, though, specialize in working with black female influencers, although we've grown and um, expanded into other audiences and genders and things of that nature. Um, I've been in this business. I've owned my business seven years now, but I've been in the industry. Thank you um, for 17 years. So. I've definitely been around the block, seen a couple of things, and Black Girl Digital was created from a space of opportunity in where I was like, well, I have the insight and the knowledge to uh, support my community through my passion, right? I love advertising. I love marketing. I I get it holistically, and now I'm able to help and support Black women get money and mm. get paid to do the things that they love to do and get them paid fairly and equitably. It was, just, it was a win-win. And honestly it's like easy to say now because of where I'm at, but over time it kind of evolved over time mm. when, um when, cause when I first launched that concept was about supporting black female bloggers because that, right. that was the channel. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I had um, I was working at Complex for seven years and I loved what they were doing. You know, it was a great time to be in that space. And I was just like, well, who's doing this with black women, you know, Mm. Um, and birth black girl digital, where I was um, working with bloggers on helping them monetize Right. Uh, so the first one that I worked on was with Exo Nicole. So I did Nicole Bitchy. I transitioned her from Nicole Bitchy to Exo Nicole. Oh, wow. And did that whole rebrand, set up her whole backend, her ad ops, uh, packaging, and all the things that was able to help her monetize. And, you know, what today is what she sold her business, right. you know? Um, and I wanted to build a tiny little... Not tiny, but a big ad network. I wanted to have the biggest uh, right. black female ad network, and within that first year, literally, it was like I went to sleep December thirty first, woke up January first, mm. and it was all about influencers. The next year, right? <laughs> and it was just an easy, it was an easy pivot. You know, mm. I was still. I literally was just was still pivoting into my purpose. It was just from a different place of impact. And right. um I recognized that although the channel changed, the mission was still the same. I was still right. helping and supporting black women monetize and get
0: paid to do the things that they love to do. Wow. I love that. That's that's a great inspo and That's a that's a great why and purpose. But kind of kind of continuing on that note. Um, Black Girl Digital, your company, what did it take to turn your personal passion into a professional purpose? And yes, I'm using a direct quote uh, from your site. So what I really want you to share with my listeners and audience here, Latoya, is talk to us about the process, the days, the hours you put in to make this all work. In other words, what does it take to launch your own agency?
1: discipline and determination and i know that sounds boring mm. <laughs> but it's boring that makes you a millionaire
0: mm. you know doing... say that again i think Ply leonard <laughs> he had a shirt that said board man gets paid so seriously there you go
1: it's literally about doing the things that no one wants to do over and over and over and it's dry it's not fun right but those are the things that count the most not being in the streets and doing all the f- the flashy stuff right. because that part costs too much money <laughs> mm, <laughs> and I when, like you, it. when when you out in the streets spending money you're not making it right right and you i'm not saying it's not impossible i'm just saying i was very conscious of how I was spending money in the beginning of my business because I needed capital, and I recognized very early that cash flow was king.
0: Mm-hmm. Cash flow. I love the fact that you said that. I love the fact because you <laughs> know what? Uh, we we had it half right before a few years ago. People were saying cash is king, which is like half true, but it's cash flow, cash flow. is king. There you go. Love it.
1: Um, and 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 that's the thing. You know, I'll say in short. Launching a business is relatively quick, right? You got mm-hmm. an idea, you go and get your URL, whatever structure you want, boom, done. That's done. Yeah. However, building an organization takes time and effort. Mm. There's no, you can't skip through right. to success and you can get a lick. You can hit a lick and mm-hmm. make a bag.
2: Mm-hmm
1: if you don't take the time and put in the effort and have discipline and determination, you're going to blow that bag. Right. Because you're not taking, you're not looking at what it means to build a leader be in, within self, what right. it means to build leadership within your company. Like you're not thinking about those things. You're just running towards every single bag. Right. right? Um, and then there's, there's branding, but there's rebranding again. Mm-hmm. Like, you start one way, but that doesn't mean you're always going to be that way. And I've right. seen so many businesses fail because they they didn't take the time out to assess. Well, how do how do we look today? But how do we need to look tomorrow? Right. I'm always, always like Q four. Not saying that I change our font and colors and and mm-hmm. all the every single year, but I assess: Is this working? Did did people? Walk away this year feeling like they understood who we were, who mm-hmm. we are, who we're trying to be, you know, the feeling and emotions that we're trying to give them. And if not, well, why? First, what do they see?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what did that mean to them? And I always ask. So when people find us, how did you know, how did you find us? Mm. Oh, yeah. you know What 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 does that mean to you? Like right. I, I always ask these questions during our discovery because it's market research for me, right? Hundred percent. And then there's defining and redefining your product and your pricing strategy, because right. today's pricing, you know,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm.
1: yesterday's pricing. <laughs>
2: okay, hey.
1: you like as you start to add value into your business and right. reassess where you're trying to go and how you're trying to grow your business. Sometimes that price structure does not fit it no longer works like I can't grow my I couldn't grow my business supporting small businesses Mm. unfortunately that just didn't work and while I love helping small businesses and I'm creating things now to to support them because I have the means to right it just it was challenging you know at in my second and third year so I had to reassess like all right am i doing too much and not getting enough right Mm. what does my profit margin look like across all channels that we're operating under and what needs to be cut
2: right
1: it's it's a constant evolution of growth within business and it's not again it's not about just oh here's my little cute brand No, this is a real a real business you know i would say um what I, what I'd like people to really focus on when thinking about what it takes to, to build a business is what it takes to actually run a business and then I like scale that.
2: the I like agency,
1: that. because if you're not thinking, if you're not constantly thinking about, all right, well, what does the day-to-day look like? And then what do I need to do to get to the next level? You're always going to stay where you are.
0: Mm, I love that. So many gems you dropped there. A few that kind of stood out to me going back to the first thing you said when you're talking about you know the ability to i'm paraphrasing here the ability to do like the boring the thing that no one wants to do it made me think of something i heard i can't remember where i heard it from but they were talking about the difference between like an average athlete and a great athlete Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah genetics play you know a role for sure You, you have that but he, the guy said, and he was like one of those sports science people, he said, really, it comes down to the ability to do the mundane over and over and over and over and over, and over again. He's like, the, the the athletes that really excel, like you're talking the top 10% of their athletic field are the ones that just have this ability to do that same workout, you know, whether there's two times a day, three times a day, over and over and over again. So. I love the fact that you pointed that out. And then I like the fact that you made the distinction between there's a difference between starting a business and building an organization. And -hmm. I think a lot of people, like to your point, so easy to start a business, right? You can register it. Boom. You can do that essentially in an hour or less than an hour, really. But building an organization, to your point, takes time, especially if you're scaling up with employees, you're coming mm. out with different products and features. All of that takes time. Right. So I love I'll, the fact I'll that even, you
1: call that out. I'll add in like there's a lot of people, you know, running to brunches and yeah. running to parties and like that's a distraction. Mm. Uh, all of those things are such a distraction from your purpose. and building right. what your business needs to look like. And I'm not saying you can't have fun mm-hmm. during the time. I'm saying that you have to prioritize what's important. And that is what I had to learn. I um One book that changed my life was um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People.
0: Stephen Covey.
2: When
1: I, Steve, like, yeah. he is the goat.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: you read a lot of books, they pulled from that book. I don't yeah. care what anybody yeah. say, they pulled from that book because- in life, like everybody, nothing, everything can't be important. Everything can't be urgent. And you, you have to really use your discernment on how you're prioritizing, growing your business. And that for me, I had to wake up and learn. I, Mm. you know, I had to discipline myself to be like, all right, now business hours is between nine to six. You know what I mean? Not 12 to two, like (laughs) not, working at two o'clock in the morning and right. no, this right. is no, I'm working during these hours. I'm not gonna lie though. I take a nap. We'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you have to exercise discipline, I think, as entrepreneurs for the younger generation. Yeah. These kids coming out of college, coming out of high school, telling us I'm gonna be an entrepreneur yeah. where Where I disagree and feel like they should go and work for a company, a big organization, is Mm -hmm. because lack discipline in Mm. what it takes to be in a a, be a business owner. Right. You you have to have these kind of strict rules in a sense for yourself so that you can get the job done. I don't care what people, I don't care what you say, you have to have a certain level of discipline because when you start to hire people. Right. They pay attention to all of that. Mm -hmm. And then then you have to set the tone for your culture. Right. You know, I definitely set the tone.
2: Like, look,
1: I don't care where you work. Mm -hmm. What I care about is you get the work done. Right. I lead by example. I was like, y'all may see me on a beach but I'm getting the work done. And I, I always answer my calls, I always answer my emails, but I've been in it for long enough so I can manage my time wisely, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it doesn't start that way, you right. know?
0: Right, now, and and on that note, kind of as a quick follow-up, do you feel that entrepreneurship, because you talked about you know young kids coming out of high school, coming out of college, do you feel like being an entrepreneur right now is kind of over-glorified a bit? Absolutely,
2: because I
0: think because for me, I, there's definitely value in being an entrepreneurship. But I feel like in the effort to inspire people to live out their purpose, live out their dream through building a business, I think through the effort of simplifying it, we're oversimplifying it too much. That I think that we're we're just sharing the good parts, you know, you know, your fa- you got generational wealth, you got lots of money, you know, all this other stuff. But I'm like. Yeah, but there's so much more to it, man. Like, you know there's, what I mean? There's so
1: much nuance and sacrifice. I think that people don't... When you come out of college, you have all this energy and
2: mm-hmm. about
1: life, right? But you don't have the experience to of learning yourself and knowing who you truly are,
2: right? right? And
1: knowing who you truly are helps helps you discern or understand where it is you fall in the ecosystem. Like, am Mm -hmm. I a CE? Am I an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur? Mm -hmm. You can be one or the other. It doesn't matter. Right. There's no shade to the entrepreneur because, honestly, I need entrepreneurs. I need Absolutely. the CEO. I need the CMO. I need the people who believe in what right. it is that I'm doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And as as do other companies. I hate the term "don't work for the man" or "don't work for corporate America." Actually, I'm building a business where people want, as in corporate America. The fuck right. you talking about? What do you mean? Stop I know, right? Pushing, stop pushing this 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 mentality and this mindset that everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. Actually, you should go and work and learn under someone that you believe in, right. someone whose vision, a company's whose vision that you can stand behind.
2: Mm-hmm. Where you
1: go, I work here and I do this and I love it here. Yeah. That's what you should be looking for, and then when it's time, when you're when you feel comfortable, when you have the means,
2: right, mm.
1: then you go and you you slowly start to build up what your thing is going to look like. You don't have to unless you are in a tight circumstance or a situation right. that is forcing you. Mm-hmm. To be this entrepreneur, you don't have to do it, and you could be a solopreneur. Sure, you mm-hmm. know, as these creators are becoming influencers, you're a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. That is okay. I encourage college kids to take advantage of those opportunities. You mm-hmm. know, it's great, it's great money, but that doesn't mean you don't go and get experience in in the
0: work in working society. Right? No, you, you uh, man, so many nuggets were just dropped there, and what I loved about what you just said is that you know when you hear certain people saying oh you have to be an entrepreneur you have to be an entrepreneur i think the spirit of what they're saying they, their intentions are well but if you're bashing people let's just use that word about working for a big company or working for the man as you put it then what are you really trying to say to ent- other entrepreneurs that are trying to scale their business cuz right. if you're trying to scale you're going to need employees but if you're telling everybody to do their own thing and not work for anybody And that doesn't really work out. (laughs) So no workforce. (laughs) Exactly. Like you need people to make things, you know, work. And I I totally agree with you with the fact that I feel like a lot of college kids, high school should, even if they have an idea, do the solopreneur thing, but also work for another company because there's a couple of different things. And I can speak from experience that happens. One, you get to your, your learning increases 10x. You're learning from people that have different skill sets from you that are at a higher level than you. And, and just your process of learning is this 10x, right? Versus mm-hmm. you trying to figure everything out same. by yourself. Right. So that's why I feel like, and then the second thing would be you expand your network at the same time. I would that
1: part, <laughs> like when I tell you, yeah. that part is is the key because when I first when I graduated college and got my first job at
0: um um havas media funny that's one of my clients right now by the way
1: we'll talk <laughs> we'll, we'll park that we'll talk gotcha. um but when i when i first got there the girl who trained me for mm-hmm. my job um i said to her i said you know when i start my business i'm gonna hire you mm. <laughs> And this was in—I don't know—this was 2008. She mm-hmm. was so smart, so organized. One of the mm-hmm. few black women that was in the space. She we might have—we might with same age. She might have been uh, graduated a year before me or something. Right. But super smart, and she became my COO. I don't wow.
0: play like wow. I full circle,
1: full circle. Um, and I what my specialty, my superpower is seeing greatness in people. Mm. And that part where if you are, if you are meant to be an entrepreneur, a CEO, it is critical that you have a network of people to pull from. Mm -hmm. It is critical to be in those spaces where you're seeing talented people so that you can build and say, you know what? I remember I worked with this person who was such a good organizer and I, I'm not that organized. I need someone to, I need to pull someone in who is more organized than me. And, you know, let me go call the person I used to work with. Like Hmm. that is, ah. Yeah. That's that's great. Go work.
0: Get get in the workforce. And I also feel like, low key, that's like the true value of going to college as well. Like education is important, but I feel like, in my personal opinion, the opportunity to expand your network 10x is like, is the true value of going to, um, post-secondary, um, education. Um, so Latoya, let's pivot here for a second. Was there ever a moment you felt like giving up or quitting? And if so, what did you do to get through that difficult time?
1: That's a good question. And I know it's going to sound like, yeah, right. But (laughs) It's it. It was never a moment of oh, I'm just throwing in the towel. This is too right. hard, right? It was okay. Oh, I see what you're trying to do. Okay, um, you know what? Now nah, let me, something. I'm distracted. Let me let me clear this up and and get to it. Let me go work harder. You know, because sometimes again when I I'll stress when it's boring, uh-huh. right? Like I. I'm like, oh I'm I'm bored. And I I didn't realize that when I'm bored, I would go and run to do something else. Mm-hmm. But in in the quiet season, in, in quiet season, it's about building. It's about reassessing your process and taking that time to improve yourself mm-hmm. and your business versus just trying to fill that time with something new. Right. And then when uh adversity hits, you know, it maturity, man, you I I can't stress having this level of emotional intelligence when you are challenged by your people, by your team, uh-huh. by you know, um your your clients, when when influencers, like when you're when you're challenged,
2: uh-huh.
1: it you it was important for me to take a step back and look at me. Uh-huh. What did I do? What was not working in the process that I created? Right. Because I created this company from scratch. There was no roadmap. Literally, there was no nothing influencer marketing was not a thing. Like I uh-huh. made it a thing. So I had to assess the process that was in my brain because sometimes in the beginning of time, there was nothing written down. Right. right? So when I'm going to run away from a hard day because of there's no clarity on my end.
0: Right.
1: I was like, Nope, I need to sit down and tighten up. I need, why is this process not working? What, what, who, who do I need on my team? And as, um, as I was kind of growing in my business, what, I didn't recognize or what I eventually recognized is one. I, I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't, I didn't know what that looked like mm. um, as this strong minded, independent Caribbean woman that can do mm. all things works against you, works for you. Mm. Um, And I had to surrender. I was like, all right, I cannot do all of this. I don't know everything. I've brought my business to the best place like I could in this moment. like mm-hmm. I I just don't know what to do right now. and I you know God is special. Mm-hmm. He, is, he' is special in when you listen, you hear, you you listen, you feel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and it was not about necessarily saying, hey, I need help. No, that wasn't it. It was me saying, let me look at the people that I know. Mm-hmm. Regardless if they're in the same industry as me. Let me look at what everyone does. Let me even go back to my career and the people that were in leadership roles that I'm still friendly with. Right. And I started to reach out to them. And it wasn't the same, it wasn't me saying, I need help. It was like Hey, this is what I'm going through, right? And it allowed them to say, "Well, shit, let me
2: help you."
0: Mm, I like here's what that. I
1: know. Here's here's what you should. Here's what you can try. He, tr- like asking for help as a as a sh- as a business person is mm-hmm. critical, but as a human and a, a a person that can that feels like you could do all things, right? Not knowing how to ask for it was a struggle
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that's where I struggled the most in right. business but as I learned again to just start talking to people and sharing all the things that I'm going through the help will come because mm-hmm. I just I did I still don't know how to ask help. I'm not I'm, I could never say I'm gonna call you on the phone and be like hey I need help with one two three four five no it's here's the situation mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I I I don't I don't have a real question. Sometimes, sometimes I just need to talk it out, and I, that's part of learning
2: and mm-hmm.
1: business. And had I just given up because I had a hard time, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have learned that part of me,
2: right? You
1: know, and I wouldn't have learned that part of business. And it it was such a it was such an eye opening moment, and and they happen all the time, you know. But that part of of not giving up was learning how I process and need to ask for help.
0: Right, right. And, and one of the few things I just picked up on that was that, first of all, you have a high degree of self-awareness. And I think that's a, a skill that I haven't come across a lot of people that have that skill. Maybe on the service level, they, they can do it to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But I feel like great leaders have this high level of s- self-awareness. Um, the other thing that I really liked that you just said was you have this sense of humility to go out and ask for help, right? Knowing and something you had to learn how to do. And one other thing that I've come across other great leaders is when they don't have the answer saying they have the ability to be like, I don't know what the answer is. What are your thoughts? Right? Right. And I find that like that's not something that you come across a lot in the industry. You'll see a few leaders here and there that will do that, but it's it's amazing to me. And I love working with people like that that have maybe you know twenty years of experience on me may might make ten x what I make or whatever the situation is. But they're like, hey, Corey, I actually don't know the answer to this question. What what are your thoughts? How do you think we should approach this? Mm -hmm. And that sense of that kind of mindset and approach. I think um, any obstacle becomes less challenging when you have that particular mindset.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and especially when you're building your team, you mm-hmm. know. And it's my t- Like, look, y'all gonna run into problems.
0: Hundred percent. This is a
1: new business. This is a new industry. Y'all are gonna run into problems, but don't come to me with the problem. Come to me with the solution right. or your attempt at the solution. Right. I can create all the answers. So, but before you come to me. Go to your peers, go to your team, ask them what they think, how they would do it, make your assessment, come back and develop your two solutions, and then come to me and say, hey, look, this is the problem. This is the challenge. This is the issue. Spoke to so and so, and this is their thoughts. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think that we can do. Which way do you think we should move? Right. See, now I'm building. Real thinkers. Right. I don't want a team of doers. I want right. y'all to be able to do and think. Right. I want you, I want you all to be critical thinkers because mm-hmm. that's going to help you in life. I don't. I could care less about what's happening here today. I right. love that you are here for me as I do, but I care about the people that I'm putting back into the universe.
2: Right.
1: And it is so critical
0: that y'all know how to
1: how to think through these problems because there's going to be plenty. Yeah.
0: And you know, and, it, and you know, it's funny to that point. I once read, I think it was a post and it says something. So it says something to the effect of, um, life isn't about, about avoiding problems. It's about finding the problems you want to solve because avoiding problems, it, it's, it's inevitable that you're going to run into problems. So it's about finding the problems that you want to solve. So I love that approach. And um, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. So let's talk uh, disparity, right? Arguably, the thing that you're most known for, the thing that you champion the most, at least. So, given your research and time in the industry, what kind of pay disparities, on average, are you seeing between Black influ- influencers and their white counterparts?
1: Um, well, you know what's crazy? Still to this day, is still like two to three times mm. over. You know that white people are getting paid more than Black people and Black females in this space. And honestly, I, as I'm paying a lot of attention to how deals, I'm asking people, oh, you know, how was that deal structured for you? and right. Um, even campaigns that we don't work on, I tell and I tell my friends, look, if y'all have if y'all want to ask a question if this makes sense, mm-hmm. I'm happy. Like tap in. I'm happy to help. I don't need I don't I don't manage people. I don't want to get in that business. We're right. not agents, like, but I'm happy to assess, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the issue is that people, black people, black women,
2: mm-hmm.
1: just they don't know how to articulate their value mm. there is a lot of um and it's funny i'm doing a, um my event tomorrow i'm talking mm. about the pay me my worth mm-hmm. uh culture or mindset and i think that i don't pay white people don't do they don't they're not pay me my worth in it you know mm-hmm. they this is this is what i bring to the table this is who i am this this is what i got mm. And they do a better job or they have better management that can articulate the value that they bring to right. the project. And oftentimes Black people don't have the same access, the same resources, the same insight, the same confidence.
0: Right. Mm.
1: Belief in themselves right. that they got what it takes. You know, it's funny, my, my meeting with my team, I closed out the meeting. I was like, look, y'all are here for a reason. You have to believe that you have what it takes to do the job no matter what you believe you have to believe and while there's also on the flip side there's just a lack a lot of a whole lot of lack of integrity and respect in the space for black people and black creators um it just there's work to be done on both on both ends
0: right
1: as a broker in the middle i see the work that needs to be done on both ends so i'm in major conversations and big rooms with with brands and agencies like respect the people that you're trying to there's so much value in our cultural experiences and right. and community and things like that and don't approach it from the place of well I don't know approach it from a place of hey I want to know more right and like if you have to ask all the time is this fair it ain't
0: mm-hmm. nugget. <laughs> nugget I love that so you just just you just shared a lot there and you know as a part of a follow up I'm going to ask you know what's the solution how do we get there so one of the things you mentioned was you know for black influencers learning how to articulate their value that's one thing that you know mm-hmm. they can take amongst themselves and then for the people cutting the deals so to speak know they can kind of lean in and get more curious about the culture, a little be a little bit more authentic, ask more questions. Outside of those two things, is there anything else that could be done or is this just a matter of you know things evolving over time?
1: Yeah. That's a very good question. And it is it is about evolution and Mm. it is about defining the economy because that's the problem. Mm. It's just the wild, wild west and there's it's like there's a lot of information right but not a lot of accurate information mm. and it's um so as a part of like my part my 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 mm-hmm. contribution you know to the culture to the world i'm actually launching
0: mm. oh my
2: gosh,
0: the financial so gem tell me more tell me more <laughs>
1: So the financial gem, and you'll have a, 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 an appreciation for this because you're in, you know, you, you broker deals, you're in sales, you work mm-hmm. with This is really helping the creator just understand one. I put in here all of like a, a, a decent amount of industry terms mm-hmm. because they, you know, just don't know the lingo. Right. right, right. And then. Just like what planning one-on-one, what does it mean? Basic planning, understanding how to plan for sales. You're planning for sales. A lot of people in the space, you know, they think they're just content creators. I'm like, no, if you want to make money in this space, mm-hmm. you have to understand sales planning and the cycles which within a sales plan, right? Like, um, and, and on the calendar, it's it's little pro tips on. You know, follow up with your clients, mm-hmm. reach out, you know, rem- friendly reminders about your invoices. It's right. send 25 emails this week. What mm-hmm. brands are you trying to, you know, um, target this week? You know, what are your goals every month? What's your financial goals? Did you hit it? But it's right. also here's how you package, right? And here's how you position yourself. Again, Success is about knowing things. You need, you have to have the knowledge in order to succeed. Um, and the lack of resources it, it prohibits that in a lot of the black community. Not saying that this isn't for everyone, but specifically, like I wanted to be in the hands of black people and black females. Like yeah. once you have this, you'll have a little bit of confidence, a little bit more confident. Like now I can, I can exist in in this advertising industry because
2: that's what <laughs> you're, that's what, what you
1: you're in a you're in a place where people want to advertise on your social spaces that's the that's the industry that you're in
0: i i love that um what you were just saying there's a couple of things so the email thing so i i pri- i pride myself on being a little bit of an email guru. I actually fun fact, I actually took a copywriting course. Not because I necessarily wanted to get into copywriting, although I am intrigued by that kind of uh, faction of the industry. Um, but I did it. My main reason for taking that class was to learn how to write better emails specifically when I had to deliver bad news to clients, right? Cuz every word matters. That's how I believe. And I kind of like, it's, 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 it's one of the most, it's one of, you know, a lot of people hate sending emails, but for me, like, I love it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I try to work on my craft as much as possible, but I, I love, I've had people be like, I love how you phrase that because for me, you know, especially when you get like the passive aggressive emails back. And so I do this thing, right. Where Man, a client says something like, Oh, it's almost like borderline coming at me. And I, I initially write how I feel, but I don't hit send. Their name's not even in the, the send portion of the email. You just got to get it out. Mm-hmm. I just I need to get my feelings out. Right. And then I'll do something else for like maybe five, 10, maybe 15 minutes. I'll come back with a clearer conscious, clearer mind. And then I write because at the end of the day, the question that I always ask myself, right, you always talk about. Looking long term, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking this through, the question I always ask myself is Is what I'm about to write going to get me closer to the goal that I want? Mm-hmm. And if not, I need to figure out what the right words and how to position or what values I can work with that can get me at least <coughs> to the next step, if mm-hmm. not to the goal in itself. So mm-hmm. when you talk about communication, I love the fact that you're coming out with this guide, this book, because those are the little things that you know, people don't see in terms of getting to whatever their goal is, right? They're not thinking about sending out maybe weekly insight emails about the progress of working with them as an influencer. I do that on my side. Every week, I'm sending something that I know is going to be valuable information to my clients. I do that for two reasons. One, I want them to always remember who I am. That's my mini commercial, if you will. And number two... I want them to always associate my name with value.
1: 100%. Always. Because
0: always. even if they don't, I know for a fact, 90% of them don't respond immediately to that email. But I've seen it multiple times within the year. I remember this email you sent me, Corey, about four months ago, and I was like, "Oh, you actually." Read, in my mind, I'm like, "Oh, you actually did read that, even though they didn't, they didn't respond."
1: To it, so I love responding or not? That's <laughs> so funny. You mentioned email. I actually have a whole, I have an email um, example in here.
0: <laughs> I love, yo, it's it's important, man, it's, <laughs> because
1: they don't know how to talk via emails. They don't know how to respond. All, but you know. It's cool. I I just, I want, I want to see y'all, y'all thrive. You know, I'm just very professional. I approach everything with professionalism and I want to help. (laughs) I want to help them do the same. (laughs) I
0: I love it. I love it. And those little things are very important. They might seem small, but that is very important. And you touched on the word follow-up, how to do follow-ups. I remember someone saying to me, the fortune is in the follow-up. I a see. lot of people like i've had a couple of friends that are doing fairly well and one of them posted all their rejection letters cuz she wrote two books now i think at this point but she's like you don't see how many rejection letters i got on my first one right and this is why i love having these conversations with people like yourself because you know they'll they'll read your bio and they're like oh boom she worked with this brand this brand she built a successful company multiple six figures and all this but they they don't see the the minutiae the the nuance all of that in between
1: i'll tell you a quick story it um <clears throat> i my friend was hosting a um uh a, a all girls retreat and mm. the retreat we were going to jamaica in august or this year no this year was a, it was in july um so i was like oh, okay boop let me book book my July. I was like, yeah. I'm going a day early because I want to relax. So I, was, I was like, I'll book yeah. for my, uh, Thursday. Was it Thursday? No, book for Friday. And <clears throat> I get an email. <laughs> I get this email, and it's like, hey, um we're doing a diversity day and we would love to have Black Girl Digital to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's Friday, July, bop, bop, bop. When I'm flying,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I was like,
2: wait, Mm.
1: okay, Um, what am I going to do? Because I can't miss this meeting. I'm not going to miss this meeting and I'm going to be in the air and I already paid for the flight. Mm. When I say the sacrifice, I literally was like. I booked, I had to rebook my flight to come in on Thursday. I had to fly out Thursday mm-hmm. so that I could be stable and ready
2: mm-hmm. for
1: my meeting on Friday in Jamaica. You know, and, and the internet there can be wonky sometimes. Right, right. And I kid you not, it was so worth the sacrifice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As a year later, mm. I closed Disney. Wow. Wow. and like like i cannot tell you like the sacrifice mm-hmm. and the the hard work it took me a year to close wow. that account
0: wow that's that's crazy and i think like that touches on a few things and i think sometimes you know we wait for these kind of big epic moments and we think, okay, this is what I have to prioritize because it's obvious that this is important. But sometimes it's also the smaller things, these little small little things that will pop up in your life where you're like, no, I need to see this little event here that's happening this weekend. I probably know who's going to be there. I don't need to go to that. But then you go there, you connect with somebody that has a connection to this brand. Mm -hmm. And then a year later, six months later, what have you, but you wouldn't have gotten to that outcome had you not gone to, you know what I mean? And it's just like the butterfly effect. Everything (laughs) is, yeah, everything is interconnected. So I love the fact that um, you shared that story. Um, So beyond, I know a lot of your work is, you know, advocating for uh, black influencers and you talk about, you know, there's obviously some some obstacles in advertising when it comes to black influencers. So beyond being excluded from opportunities, how else does racism show up in advertising?
1: I, I know we we kind of spoke about this a little bit um, mm-hmm. prior to starting the meeting, but um, <laughs> not having enough representation in uh, behind the scenes and, you know, in mm-hmm. the boardroom can be Mm. problematic, you know, but as we stated, it is about having the right people in those seats as well.
0: 1000%.
1: We, we as black people, we, when we're getting our education and and our experience, we should always just want to be our, want to be the best and show up Mm
2: -hmm.
1: as our best in whatever space that we're in. But when you get to a position, a leadership position within the advertising space and you're managing you have power you have access to dollars you uh-huh. know it's not about only giving it to your friends and you know gatekeeping it's about really assessing the business and and showing up for the culture and providing those those cultural insights to the back room mm. so that those white people understand who we are why we are and why they need to include us in on these ad campaigns and on these marketing um campaigns and strategies like it's it's critical that they approach it from a place of now let me speak up for the culture as well as how we're how are we getting the dollars into the community right because y'all are making a lot of money from us you
0: know you know what as a thought, and I, I'm sure you probably thought of this already. As much as you provide the education to the industry, I think what would also be valuable if you if you had a course to coach those leaders. Because I, you know, oh, that's coming. We're, yeah,
1: we're launching the Black Girl Digital Academy.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you, to your point, you, you hit it right on the money, right? And and, and to your again, we talked about it's not. We don't need everybody, you just need the right people at the seats. And that made me think about, you know, me and my friends we're we're watching, you know, Harlem, the show Harlem, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, and the show Run the World. Very mm-hmm. similar. similar. We have we, mm-hmm. we have differences about the show, it's like me personally, just my personal opinion, could be a hot take. I like Run the World better than I Harlem. like Run the World in Harlem. There's very specific reason why I like run the world versus Harlem. Cause to me, and again, people could come at me for this, but I'm just going to share my honest opinion. I feel like there's a lot of kind of stereotypical tropes that Harlem that is like, Oh, like dude. Is that necessary? And here's the thing Latoya. I looked up who the writer is. I looked up who the show, like it's our people. And so it's like, to your point, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to bash um, the uh, showrunner or the creator, but like to me, it, it's not just about having us at the table. It's like the the diversity in the the narratives that we're showcasing. Like, I'm also a, I'm a big fan of Fifty Cent, but like, come on, like how many drug dealer movies do we need to have in this space? I
1: think. Okay, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna have to go back and forth on this one, right?
0: Because- <laughs>
1: I'm I'm with I was I was with you on Run the World I was with you but okay here's where Fifty Cent is special and, and I love he, Fifty I love
0: Fifty by the way I'm I not hate I love him
1: I do if, if I had a dinner he's he made it, he made us he got a seat at the table
0: mm-hmm. right
1: okay but here's here's why what he is doing is critical for the community and mm-hmm. it's not it's not it doesn't, he doesn't need to change his format. Mm-hmm. There is a space for that. There is a space for telling stories from real things that happen in people's like life. Like BMF was a, I was like, I wasn't in it. yeah, I'm not, I I was not there. (laughs) Just want to clear that up. Mm -hmm. But I knew a lot of people who were there and, this, for them to see this story come to life, you know, it's like it, it show, it gives them, it makes them feel like their story matter, you know? Mm. So it's, it's important for these stories to exist. And I think that 50 does a good job at getting it out and and articulating it in a way where it's meant for television. Right. You know, and I, I, I don't want him to change his format. I think that other creators, other people, other producers and directors should come up in the space and create other things and for that.
0: And that's where I was getting to. And that's what I was really trying to say is like um I think as a collective, if I can use that word to describe our community, mm-hmm. there needs to be more there needs to be diverse stories and by that I mean um different types of stories being told on the big screen or on whatever digital platform. And that's really what I'm trying to get to. Like mm-hmm. I said, like I've been watching, you know, power. I watched maybe not the first one, but like Power Book. I've watched all of them, BMF. I'm really into that series. So I'm a lot I'm I'm a big fan of what 50 is mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I'd like to see is to the latter of your point is more more diversity in the stories. Because yeah. one of the big reasons why I loved Issa Rae's insecure, and I got onto that super late. Like, I don't think I started watching that till 2021, mm-hmm. and I think she started maybe 2020 or 2019, maybe even earlier than that. Was it was such a different story, right? The whole awkward black girl and all that it was it was so different than what we're used to used to seeing because usually, you know, when it comes to content from an entertainment standpoint, it's either comedy or kind of like what I call Love. Trump, right rom com rom-com or trauma porn, right? You know, like mm-hmm. you know, it's usually one of those three. So it was it was great to see uh Issa Rae's kind of success in that. And that's really what I want to see is more diversity in just th- stories, but really to your point, that's on us.
1: It is, it definitely is.
0: Um, so Latoya, um, you shared a lot of good gems here, and so one thing I would like to ask you is since you work with a lot of influencers, um, and it's obviously a very top of mind kind of craft in um, today's world and social media. What are some common mistakes you see, you know, black influencers or just influencers in general? What, what are some of the common mistakes? And I think you spoke about one of them earlier is like not being able to articulate their, their true value. But beyond that, what are some of the common mistakes you see? And what are some hacks that you can give them to kind of improve uh the brand
1: um well one big thing is thinking that somebody owes you something Mm. no No one
0: owes you
1: anything these brands don't owe you nothing Mm. yes a brand should operate from integrity and respect and things like that but they don't have to work with you they don't have to give you an opportunity they could go and run a display ad they can run a television ad right they can advertise anywhere else they don't have to work with you you know and I think that sometimes they just get caught up in the well I have 300,000 followers right like, and what what does that even mean mm. <laughs> you have 300,000 followers and what wow. what What else you how know many
0: are there, how many of those are real
1: right <laughs> I, I so it just it baffles me that mindset you know around um what is owed to them right uh um, I think another misconception is that is discovery mm. just because you have three hundred thousand followers doesn't mean that everyone knows you right it doesn't mean that you're visible mm-hmm. you know it doesn't mean that a brand deal should be falling in your lap. Right. You still have to pound the pavement if you want more money. If you want more opportunities, you have to go and get them. Right. You have to go and get them. You can't just sit and watch your emails and twiddle your thumbs and just think I'm just going to sit here and make content every day and I'm all I'm going to get a deal. I'm going to get an opportunity. Someone's going to email mm. me. That's not how that's not how business works.
2: Mm. I love it,
1: and and that is why I made the planner because that's not why biz, That's not how business works. <laughs> right. Right. You got to go out and get and got you. You got to go and and get the fucking fish that you want to eat. <laughs> I
0: love it. Got they got to stay hungry. They got to keep doing the things that got them to the three hundred followers. They keep got to keep doing the work. Um, so it's my last question here, Latoya. Um, what's the best lesson you believe you've learned? from failing or persisting through difficult times thus far
1: um failing should be fun
0: Mm, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that like that before so that's that's new and I like it
1: and and filled with growth you know it's like as as in this we're in such a beautiful beautiful time of of life right like it's a tough time It's is a tough time to be black but it's also a dope time to be black like it's mm. so dope to be black today because mm. everyone wants to be us everyone mm. wants to be us right and if you are a black human and you are launching a business or you have a business or you're you know, trying to become a successful influencer, like the journey is the best part. Mm-hmm. It's the best part. It's like being able to wake up every day. I'm like, yo, I'm not doing this shit. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing it, whether it works or not, like I'm doing it, you know, but failing at something, you know, it didn't work. All right, <laughs> cool. Oh, but you know what? I had, I had a really good time. I got maybe two trips out of it. You know, right. I had a good time. And move on. <laughs> like, right. I don't sit in sadness. I don't sit in anger. I don't. I don't sit in anxiety. I'm not saying I don't have it. What I'm saying is I don't sit in it. Mm. I recognize what I'm feeling in the right. moment, and I figure out how to get far away from it. Like what? Right. What brings me great joy? What's going to shift my mood and energy back to where I need it to be, so that I can be at my top, so that I can perform right. right? Failing is a part of the journey. It should be fun. It's right. not gonna make you happy. It's not going to be easy. But it still relatively should be like I tried it right. in the beginning of my entre- my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. My friends, oh I'll tell you, this, you doing something else. Oh, you starting another business? Oh. Right. I'm like, yeah, but you still ain't starting nothing.
0: <laughs> Man, uh...
1: look at where we are now.
0: Yeah. See, and see, and what I'm hearing again is that ability to be self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, you talked about, you know, it's not that I don't feel anxiety. It's just, I don't sit in it too long. And I just think about the difference between people who actually go out and do something versus some people just really noodle on an idea mm-hmm. their entire life, right? It's not that you don't feel fair, you're doing it in despite of fair, right? The definition of courage, and I actually came across something about emotions, and it's saying, "Hey, when you feel like jealousy or envy, it, yes, not great emotions, but at the end of the day, all your emotions are trying to do is they're just trying to tell you something. They're pieces yeah. of information. It's your brain's best guess on what's going on, and it's for you to kind of decipher what you should do. So they're not all bad. You're just your yeah. mind's just trying to tell you something, right? And you just kind of." dissect all that information
1: so my um my little tactic around Mm. that um and and this is what i I forgot i meant i wanted to say this when you were talking about you know how you address emails Mm. so i always ask myself what am i feeling right now because i can immediately feel when my energy shifts Right. right what am i feeling right now am i mad am i angry am i anxious And once I've identified how I'm feeling, I then move into why I'm feeling like this. Mm -hmm. What triggered this? Right. And I do it immediately because if I let it linger, I'm going to forget what triggered it, right? Right. And I'm searching for too long and now I'm distracted. So immediately I'm like, well, what triggered this emotion? Why? Why am I feeling like this? And then I go into, well, what do I need to do to change, mm-hmm. address, attack, right, and not attack in a negative way? Just how do I? What does it need my attention now? Right, and what I need to do to to uh, shift, and then I'm like, well, what are the facts? Mm-hmm. I already know right. how I feel.
0: Right, right. I already know how
1: I feel. Right. I already know why I feel this way. Right. But what are the facts? The fact is. These are the three things that happened. Yeah. And this is what should have happened. But now I need to move forward. So what do I need to do to move forward? And right. based on the facts, not right. based on how I feel. Because mm. if I'm angry, preach. If I'm angry, I'm gonna act in anger. Right. Bop, 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 right. Yeah. I don't want to bop, bop 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 bop. No. Yeah. I'm the, the end goal, my the end result is I need this to get done. Mm. Right. So how do I get this? How do I get to the point where I, this needs this is gonna get done? Right. Based on the facts, not how I feel. And 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 I I even apply that in relationship. And and sometimes it's it can be very annoying, but when it's fact-driven, mm-hmm. it really gets to the solution so much faster. And then now I can remove myself out of that emotion. And I can just get back to my, yeah, you know, my, right, yourself, But it's having in the process of getting to the other side. Right. I think a lot of people just don't know how to do that, and they want to sit in anger. When people, when my one of my friends, she'll call me, oh my gosh, this is, what's the problem? Uh, let's talk about how you feel about it. Why do you feel that way? What can you do right now to change your attitude, change your mood? Right. And then solve the problem. Wow. So you shouldn't You shouldn't try to solve problems when you're in a, a negative energy space.
0: Yeah, it was funny about that is there is actually I read somewhere that said there's a huge difference in your response. If you just wait five minutes, mm-hmm. five minutes from your initial uh, knee jerk reaction and then make the action, the difference in your response is almost day and night. Absolutely. almost day, day and night. It, it's it's incredible how the mind and, and, and the body uh, works. And it's also interesting, you brought up something that I heard just the other day about when you're talking about decisions and your emotions. And I think the person was saying something to the effect of learn to make decisions based on your values versus just mm-hmm. your emotions. 100%. Right. And it, it, yeah, simple to understand, but obviously hard to do in the moment. But it's like once you have that framework, if you could just take a time out.
1: Yeah. So most people don't have core values. That's it's listed mm. in my business. It's when I hire people, these are right. our core values. Respect is number one. Right. Like right. you, we operate from a place of respect, integrity is number two. We operate from a place of integrity. But that's also in my personal life. Yeah. And. I don't stray away from that. I will cancel clients. Mm. I don't meet influencers once you've once you've crossed the line of disrespect, right. that's it for me. i because i I do not alter my character to meet you in the disrespectful lane. i'm i don't I don't go over there because like, mm. my my values, they don't allow me to go over there. Right. so I, I'm always on the line of respect. And if that means that I have to, cut the relationship i'll cut the relationship thank you and goodbye mm. i don't i'm not going to argue with you after you're being disrespectful and i protect my team
2: right.
1: if, if, if my team is saying that a client was being very rude disrespectful constantly over, over i'll i'll handle it from here don't even respond i got it mm. i'm going to protect y'all because this is this is me protecting our core values right i'm, I love it. I'm 100% in alignment there
0: I love it. So Latoya, this has been a beautiful conversation. I definitely felt like we, we gave birth to some fruitfulness here uh, (laughs) this morning. Um, So for all my listeners um, for my audience, if they want to work with you, if they want to connect with you, if they want to hire you, how can they reach you? How can they find you?
1: Yes. um, So social media platforms, uh, Black Girl Digital, um, spelled out as is on Instagram, Um, You can find me on LinkedIn at Latoya Shambo um, and um, you can follow me on my personal Instagram. I don't post often, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm working on it. Um, But feel free to shoot me an email over at info at blackgirldigital.com and it comes directly to me and I'm happy to set up a discovery call to learn more about your brand and, you know, what you're trying to do and see if there's any synergies from there.
0: Hey, I got I got a few agency folks that 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 tune in. So um I know how much you love agencies.
1: <laughs> I, love I love the agency world. I really, really do. Yes.
0: That's awesome. Well, guys, uh, that concludes this episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem. And as many of you guys know, I usually like to end my episodes by saying this if you really just want to impress people. Talk about your wins, your successes, your accolades, yada, yada, yada. But if you really want to have an impact on someone else's life, talk about your downfalls, your tribulations, your mishaps. Those stories are the things that really move the needle in someone else's life. So with that being said, LaToya and I are out. Peace and love. Until the next time.